Blog Talk Radio. And now, ladies and gentlemen, 901, and again, Skype is giving me problems, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, this is your host, Jim Russell, with another edition of Choked Out Radio Live using T-Mobile. Thank goodness for T-Mobile. Lion Fight 29, Lion Fight 29 uh, happening live Friday, 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 May 27th from... Foxwood Resort and Casino in Connecticut, and we have an exciting night. Hold on a second. Dad, are you on? Hi, Hello. Hey, Scott. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, yeah. Hey, good. Hey, hey, Scott. This is Jim Russell from Choked Out Radio. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good, good. You know, last week uh, I had a live guest, and then my the Skype backed it up. So, you know, my plan B was the, the phones, and uh, here we go, plan B, I guess. <laughs> well, we had to go plan B. I tried plan A, and it it, uh, it didn't quite work. So I opted quickly for B, and uh, it seems to be going okay. Yes, 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 man. Thank you for being on. I really appreciate it. No problem. All right, brother, so let's get right into it. So, you know, you have Lion Fight 29, you know, nice night of Muay Thai fights. I'll get into the card. I'll, we'll talk generally. So tell us about this main event. You have Region Ursel versus Joe Nataru. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and I know um, Ursel stepped in as a second replacement. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Joe Nadawat, uh has been the uh, Lion Fight champion now at Super Middleweight for, for quite some time. Um, probably... Uh, I would say one of the most feared competitors out there. There just is not a lineup of guys that one are willing to step up and, and fight Joe. He's just, he's very tough. He's very durable. Uh, and he's very exciting. You know, he can, he can beat you in several different ways. Uh, he can knock you out. He can go the distance, drag you into deep waters. So he, he's a tough nut, literally, you know, he's just, it's not easy to put him away. So the, the cast of characters to try and, uh, and go up against him is, is not very long. So, uh, and then when we did find a couple of guys, uh, both uh, wound up failing uh, pre-fight medicals uh, with some rather serious conditions. So uh, we had to uh, look uh, again at our short list and, and found uh, Regian and, and uh, he, he very graciously stepped up on a couple weeks' notice. Um, and he's a very dangerous opponent. Uh, he, is, he is, I guess you would say, the quintessential last-minute replacement, but yeah. he is not a pushover. Um, he is very dangerous. I had a chance to watch some of his fights. Uh, what's most intriguing about him is I, I think he's about six foot two. 
Uh, mm-hmm. He's got tremendously long legs, and he loves to throw knees. So um, I, I think, you know, uh, Joe's a smart fighter. He's going to watch tape as well. But if you, if you want to see a guy who really goes out to try and execute uh, the jumping, the flying knees, the, uh, you know, execute the clinch and throw the knee, uh, it, it's Mr. Ursel, and, and it's going to be a very, very good fight. Good, yeah. I was reading about Ursel. He, you know, like you said, he's 6'2", and he, and he has, because of his height, he has great knees, so and like you said, this is not a pushover fight by all by no stretch of the imagination for Joe at all. Um, so thank you, thank you for thank you for that. Is there anything else you think that uh, our fans should know about uh, about Ursula or about Joe that or what to expect from this fight? You know what kind of well, fight? I know it, yeah. it's going to be a little bit tough to say. I mean, you know, it, it, nobody is on, on at least over here. I don't think too many people are that familiar with Ursula. But, uh, you know, sometimes those are the kind of guys that sneak up on you. And, and I don't think Joe Nottawa is the kind of fighter who's going to take anybody lightly. At the same time, you know, he doesn't have maybe the pedigree and the championships that the previous two opponents had on their resumes. So, you know, you, you just you have to be wary of a guy that comes in with uh, less experience, but he's got all these intangibles of the height and the striking ability and and he, you know, wants to make a good impression coming over to uh, to America for the first time. You know, it's a, it's one of those where you could say, you know, you got to put. If you're a betting guy, of course you'd want to go with the favorite Joe Nuttall. Exactly. But you know, there, there's going to be some long shot money here that could pay off. Good. No, that's a good point. That's a great point, man. That's a great point. Excellent point. Uh, let's let's transition to the Coleman event. You of course you have the topic uh, topic topic, uh, and also I can't pronounce the last name Dechenskada Skada. Uh, that's the question. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, and and I unfortunately I'm I'm going to butcher it too. So um, you know what I've learned, and I'm relatively new to to Muay Thai, is that the the Thai fighters. Uh, when they're indoctrined into their gym, they take on the last name of their gym. So uh, Sitsong Pinong is, is the gym, and therefore, uh, uh, I guess, his newly adopted last name. But, uh, I mean, you look at that record, and, I mean, there, there's over 100 fights there. Uh, I think he's only 22 or 23 years old, too. So, I mean, you know that this young guy has been through some absolute wars, an incredible uh, history of fights. Uh, in Thailand with, uh, you know, major, major championships over there. Uh, so Onion Topic is going to have his hands full. But but uh, Mr. Topic has, has his sights set on regaining his uh, Lion Fight lightweight championship. And, and that's something that, uh, you know, his, his opponent is, is going to have to be wary of too, is that, you know, Onion's coming into this fight going, you know, hey, I lost my last time out. Uh, you know, it was by a doctor's stoppage. It, it wasn't that he got knocked down and finished off or anything like that. So uh, you know that he's trying to get his belt back. Uh, there, there's certainly the opportunity there for him. But, you know, now there's this new young, uh, you know, it's young but experienced Thai guy coming over. Uh, and, you know, you know, very much like Urso, he's a guy that's going to say, hey, I'm, I'm coming to America now for the first time. Uh, I want to be on the big stage. There's no bigger stage in, on this side of the world than Lion Fight for Muay Thai. Uh, and you know that Titong Pinong is, is going to come here and go, hey, I can make a real name for myself and put myself into a championship fight too with a win. So uh, I really think that's a potential show stealer right there. Yeah, I, I agree you know, from what I've seen and even seen highlights of Topic and seen highlights of the other guy and, and some footage here and there. But regarding um, uh, 
Sergio Wilson? Like, if he if topic gets by this guy, you know, is it is it can you consider it maybe like a title eliminator, or maybe you would have to have one or two fights before getting another title shot? Like, what are your thoughts on that? I think you could consider it an eliminator, but I wouldn't necessarily make it so. An official, um, you know, number one. Consent, yeah, it's right. definitely not anything official. No, absolutely not. But I mean, certainly, if the, an ex-champion like Topic comes back and wins his next fight, you would have to consider him to be the next guy to get a shot at the champion. But you know, the lightweight division is probably one of the deepest uh, anywhere in the world. So, I mean, there's going to be a, there is a long lineup of guys who you could put in that fight. So, you know, I mean, if he comes up with a win, there's certainly a, a possibility. Um, you know, I, I think you would have to look hard too at, at some of the other guys that are, that are uh, within the line fight ranks right now. And, and, what we've also done, you know, our, our CEO and president, Scott Kent, what he, what he did a masterful job of at the beginning of, of uh, 2016 was put together relationships with other organizations, uh, Muay Grand Prix in, in London, England, and Warriors Way in Australia. Um, and we are bringing in, we're, we're doing almost like a fighter exchange. You know, one, of, one or two of their best guys are going to come over and fight on Lion Fight. Lion Fight's going to send some guys to Australia and to England for major shows. So you may see somebody from, say, Warriors Way come over and be in the next lightweight title fight. That's all, you know, in the realm of possibility. So there's going to be a lot of twists and turns that are taken after this show. No, I, I love the idea instead of having, not, not that it's a bad thing having the same roster, but it's good to always, you know, freshen the blood and having, you know, new talent. And, you know, well, yeah, and, it, and it, it extends the brand worldwide too, right? I mean, exactly. you've got now the three, arguably the three biggest Muay Thai organizations outside of Asia uh, mm-hmm. all sort of working together in this cohesive unit of you know talent exchange uh you know we've got guys coming from australia to america guys from america going to england uh england going to australia i mean and on all the three brands line fight warriors way muay thai grand prix um you know they're all going to be seen now in all these new countries and, and new continents it, it's great for the three organizations and, and it's probably even better for the fighters because some of these uh, young guys and, and and ladies too i think eventually uh, they're going to get some fantastic opportunities to be on worldwide television. No, I, I totally agree, and I think it's a, it's a great move on your part. Um, let's, I want to transition over to the next bout. Um, Julio Pena against Travis Clay. You know, I, I believe both men are undefeated. Julio Pena is 4-0. Clay is, uh, I guess, 1-0. Um, I guess, as Michael Buffer would say, someone does got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I, you know, we we talked about the the lightweight uh, co-main event being a, a potential show stealer. Uh, it, you know, this fight between Pena and Clay, um, man, I, I I mean, I get paid to watch these fights, and I would buy a ticket just for this one fight. Uh, you know, I, I've had a chance to work with Julio Pena in the last few weeks, just you know, getting him, uh, you know, some. Uh, media attention and yeah. and you know he was he was doing some great things in the last few weeks really pumping up the show and and I had a chance to do that plus I've also seen Travis Clay fight live and I, I just can't wait for this fight I mean it, it's going to be an absolute unbelievable fight Travis is he's, he's one and always a pro but his international amateur experience exactly. is very very rich I mean he he makes up for that uh 
a lower sort of pro record with just a wealth of international, uh, you know, amateur experience. And Julio Pena, I mean, all you got to do is YouTube the guy and you know what he's got. I mean, he's just, he is a living highlight reel. I mean, he and Gaston Bolanos could could really just, they could carry uh, an hour-long highlight show just themselves. I mean, they are on their spectacular. And, and, and Julio, you know, he, he's shown it, uh, you know, two or three times now that, you know, it, at any moment he can just inflict some kind of, you know, outrageous strike on you and, and put you away. But what's, what's really great of what I, what I liked about him, uh, you know, it was the Kim Ameren fight when he just, you know, he looked like he was in serious trouble. I mean, he was, he was limping, he'd taken some vicious leg kicks and, you know, he overcame that battled through it. And, and delivered an, uh, you know, just uh, a face-crushing uh, finishing off strike. And, I mean, it, you can't beat it when, the, when those two guys, when those two types of fighters face each other, you know something spectacular is going to happen. No, I agree. Totally agree. And especially with Travis Clay, like you said, although his record's real, you know, young, 1-0, he did beat a former UFC competitor, I, I guess, for his debut, uh, Jared. He Papadian. did. Yeah, he, he beat Jared Papadian uh, a couple of shows ago. And, uh, you know, Jared's a very, uh, you know, Jared Fabian's a tough guy. I mean, he's been around a lot of wars. Um, but, I mean, Travis Clay really did a, a number on him. I think he, he uh, whittled off some nerves in the first round or so. I mean, first pro fight, first time on television. He's fighting a UFC guy. Uh, and, you know, you could tell. I mean, he had to battle through some things in, in the first round. But after that, uh, boy, he, he just used all of that training and, and that international experience, and, and he really he really put it on Papazian in the last couple of rounds. So, um, you know, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and, and they're both exceptional young guys. So, um, one of them is going to lose, but you could definitely see the the winner's gonna go on to great things, and the loser is just gonna come. He's gonna have this little hiccup, and then he's gonna come right back. You know, it, it, there's just gonna be more for them afterwards. So, the the road is is very very. Uh, uh, it's very, very exciting that both both these guys are the road they're going to go down. Oh, that's great. Yeah, great. Thank you for that. I want to transition over to uh, John Nofer. Uh, Nofer, he's 7-1 and one against Jared Tipton. He's 1-0. One and, one and oh. Can you tell us a little bit about this fight, this featherweight bout? Well, I think both of these guys are, you know, it, it's interesting. Jared's been the uh, the underdog in, in, in some of his fights in the past, and and, and he surprised some people, you know, and I think that's the, the beauty of what, what he's been able to do in, in his career is, uh, you know, take advantage of, uh, I think, people underestimating him. And, you know, when, when, we, when I posed that question to him, it's like, okay, you know, you, you've, you've been the underdog and now you've, you, you've come through that role in, in a big way, but now you're the favorite and John Nofer is, is the underdog, you know, so he knows, uh, Jared Tipton knows that, you know, hey, I, I got to be careful here because I know what I've done and I could easily have that done to me. So, um, you know, it, it's an interesting fight. Um, and I, and I, I like the fight. I, I, you know, the, the records are a little probably um, uh, deceiving. I, I think both exactly. guys have a good, a good amount of experience, but I think it's going to be a, a very good fight. And, and you know, what, what's really great about that, that whole sort of 
uh, seen with the two of those guys is that that they you know they they do know that the other has been in in the in the same role that they are in now you know the one's been the underdog before now he's the favorite you know so I mean it, it's it's uh, it's a good intriguing matchup. No, I, I agree. No, I, I'm, I'm excited. And also with Tipton, he's a he's a former uh, WKA North American kickboxing champion. Uh, now, uh, talking general, uh, as far as making that transition from kickboxing to Muay Thai or or, or boxing to to Muay Thai, is it ever easy, or is there an easier transition? Do you think, or is there any easy transition? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, talking general. Uh, well, I I would have to you know I I would have to rely on what the fighters tell me, and and I think what what I've kind of gathered from them is that um you know the the ability to use more than one weapon is, is sort of what they enjoy the most about Muay Thai is that you know it's um it's not just my fists you know that can <laughs> that I can that I have to uh, you know rely upon I may not have the necessarily the the hand speed or the hand power to beat that guy but I can beat him with elbows um, I'm a better kicker than him. I'm better in the clinch than him. Uh, you know, there's that, that arsenal that guys, uh, you know, guys that transition seem to um, really relish that opportunity that there's more than one weapon there. And it's the same, I think, when guys maybe transition uh, away or, or gravitate more towards Muay Thai from MMA is right. that they don't want that the the grinding wrestling aspect. They wrestling, don't want that jujitsu aspect. Right. Yeah, it, it's that they want. I want to be in striking sport. So it has the uh, the mixed, I guess you will, of mixed martial arts, but it doesn't have those other aspects that you know. Frankly, a lot of uh, athletes, and, and there are considerable now growing amount of fans that. They, that doesn't necessarily appeal to them or it, it appeals less so, you know, like, I mean, a guy like myself, I like it all. I like right. Muay Thai. I like MMA. I like boxing. I like pro wrestling, <laughs> you know, I like all of it. Right. But right. you know, there, but you can have an appreciation uh, for, for it all. And there's sometimes, you know, you know, you just go, you know what, I've, I've seen, you know, a few MMA shows now, I've seen three or four in a row this, you know, on, on Friday nights or on the weekends on TV or whatever. I want to see something different now. And I think that Muay Thai and Lion Fight, that the difference is, is now what's becoming so appealing. Right, exactly. Instead of seeing, you know, the same old thing on Fox Sports 1 or or Spike, you know, it's a different it's a different alternative, which I like. I really well, like. and and I think that's what makes it so appealing to the Access TV Fights audience as well is that they have good MMA shows, you know, with, with this show and that show on on these other Friday nights. But hey, there's now there's something different, you know, every fifth or sixth Friday or you know every couple of months. Oh yeah, Lion Fights there. That's that different show, you know, and it, it's exactly. it's the it's the rocky road to everybody else's vanilla. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Hey, I want to transition now into Asa Tempo. Um, he's one in one and one and zero against Bryce Lawrence, which I thought I think I saw at the last show. He had a nice knockout um, as well. Can you tell us a little bit about this matchup, this welterweight matchup? Yeah, they they both actually fought on the last show, separate oh, guys. Um, yeah, and they both came out victorious. Uh, one was the second round finish, and the other was the first round finish. But um, you know, very good fighters. What's uh, intriguing about these two guys is they've sparred together. They've trained together oh, wow. before. They're both from Florida. 
Um, so they're very familiar with each other. Um, you know, and I, and I think they, um, they both have some unique qualities about them. Uh, uh, Asa Tenpao is a, is a real multi-dimensional fighter. He's a, uh, you know, a, an acclaimed amateur boxer. He's dabbled in MMA. You know, he's really found a, a, a home for himself in Muay Thai. So he's uh, a real, uh, you know, experienced fighter, despite, again, a, a little bit of a lower record maybe in Muay Thai, but he's got a, a great background in, in everything. Um, and right. Bryce Lawrence, uh, you know, he, here's, a, here's a guy who, you know, has, has really tried to uh, make a difference in his own life. He, you know, he had a bit of a, a troubled uh, time as a teenager. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. young guys do. And, and now he's working as a as a, a youth a youth a youth counselor at, at his local church and and but yet but does the fighting on the side so um, you know it, it's a it, I think it's a really cool little story that that both these guys who uh, you know have uh, some neat backgrounds to themselves and and, and they have also know each other and they have a lot of respect for each other too but at the same time you know there's opportunities here now for these young guys you know that they're they're going to be on live TV for the second or third time. Uh, you know, the welterweight division, you know, that they can grow within that division and, you know, they get themselves up with three or four more fights. And, you know, the guy gets on a winning streak and all of a sudden he finds himself in a, in a title situation a la Julio Pena. So these two guys could look at Julio Pena and go, hey, I, I see where Julio's going and two or three more wins from Julio and he's in a title fight. Well, if yeah. I could win four or five in a row, I could be in the same situation. So I think Bryce and Asa are, are both in, in very good situations, and they're both, uh, despite being friendly and, and, and knowing each other quite well, they, they take, they're they taking this situation very seriously. Now, um, as far as uh, – oh, very, no, I'm very happy, and, and, and it looks like a great card and a great fight, and uh, meaning – and it all both from Florida, and, and like you said, both were on the last card as well. Now, as far as the weight classes, is it um, just um, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight, and um, and what, like what are your weight classes right now? Or is it the same as the UFC, like uh, lightweight uh, 155, featherweight 145? No, it's a, it's actually a, a fair bit different. Um, there's a lot more. It, it basically the the weight classes work off of the WBC. Okay. Uh, WBC Muay Thai, so it, it probably runs uh, similar to MMA and similar to boxing. In in okay. the boxing sense, there's a lot more weight divisions. Yeah. There's the you know every division you can have a super or a junior, you know that right. that sort of thing. Uh, are are similar, I suppose, in some ways to MMA as well. So um, you know, I mean, obviously, if you look at a guy at featherweight. Um, you know, I think featherweight, obviously, in, in MMA is very strict to the fact that yeah, it has, it's 145 <laughs> and under, whereas featherweight in Muay Thai, there is a range there. It can fall within, say, you know, five to seven pounds, but would still fall under that weight division. So it doesn't have to be okay. exactly on that number as long right. as it's at or below a specific limit. Right. Okay. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. And, you know, in MMA, uh, some of the guys, you know, weight cut to a certain weight. And all, most of these people, like, naturally, like, in, in their weight, or you do you think there's a, there is a, a ounce, a little bit of weight cut uh, when it comes to, you know, before getting on the scale? Like, what is what I What I found with these guys is that they are much closer to their weight class. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if a guy uh, walks around uh, or, say, if he fights at 149 pounds, 
he probably walks around at maybe like 160 or something like that. Like there isn't right. that huge blow up in, in between yeah. fights that say there is with the MMA guys. At least that's what, what my experience is showing is, you know, uh, I, I'm used to seeing guys who fight at, uh, you know, maybe 170 welterweight in MMA and they yeah. walk around at, you know, maybe 190, you know, exactly. or something like that and have to, <laughs> have to make a huge weight cut. But I yep. don't find that as much as the Muay Thai guys. Yes, they, you know, there is some weight cut, you know, I was talking to Julio Pena last night and he said he had a couple more pounds to go, but that mm-hmm. was a couple more pounds to go with 48 hours still to the weigh-in, you know? Right, so right. Um, I think that kind of gives you an idea that these guys, you know, they're not ballooning up 20, 25 pounds in between fights. No, no, I agree. And I, and I think, um, you know, long-term, I think, you know, it, it's better. Or I think it's better if you just fight naturally or, or close to your natural weight as opposed to, you know, drastically tr- trying to lose 10 to 15 pounds overnight and you're, you just feel much weaker. You, you, it's just not healthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think I would necessarily like to see what boxing does with, you know, countless weight divisions and, oh, yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. But I, I do hope for the fighter's safety that, that, you know, if a guy, you know, naturally walks around at maybe 180 or 185 pounds is that he does fight at, you know, 170 and doesn't have to cut 25, 30 pounds. I mean, uh, you know, I've been in the MMA business for a long time and, you know, I've seen guys trying to lose 18 to 20 pounds, you know, the day before the weigh-in. And it's just, it's just sad to see what happens to their bodies and to think of what's going to happen when they're, you know, 10 or 20 years older. But um, I think that's gradually now being phased out of the sport. And I I hope it is. It just so seems so dangerous. And, uh, you know, it's really, uh, I mean, it's an important part of the sport, the, the, yep. the discipline and then the professionalism to make weight. But, yep. uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's important to realize, too, that, uh, you know, there's long-term effects. Uh, you know, guys, uh, you know, experts in the, in the field, you know, guys like Pat Milicic and people like exactly. that can probably tell you, uh, you know, how it's been for them over the course of 20 or 30 years the wear and tear on their body just from weight cuts. So, um, you know, I, I hope that fighters are, are much smarter about it now. Exactly, exactly. Not a good point. Thank you so much. Um, I also wanted to uh, discuss uh, Diego Lamas, you know, 7-2 and two versus PJ uh, Sueda, uh, 1-0. Yeah. He's a welterweight. Can you tell us about this bout? Well, I like that PJ, you know, he, he's back. He, he's been off for a couple of shows, and, and I think – what I liked about him is, is that he spent a lot of time uh, refining his skills, I would say, and, and uh, I think he's ready to, uh, you know, kind of make a, a bit of a statement fight, you know, and, and I know he's ready for a big opportunity here. Um, you know, if you want a great human interest story, I mean, Diego Lamas is, is just a, um, you know, he is the, uh, I'm trying to remember exactly how his coach put it, but, it, you know, I think it was something along the lines of he's really trying to live out the American dream, uh, he and his wife moved from Mexico with literally like a couple of suitcases and a little bit of money in their pocket, uh, showed up at a, at their gym in, in, uh, in Dublin, California, and oh, wow. basically went from, you know, living on a gym floor on a couple of old mattresses to you know, now having, uh, you know, working as a, working as a Muay Thai coach, training his wife as a, as a championship level fighter as well. Um, you know, they've, they've been just had so many fantastic opportunities since coming to California. And, and it, it's, it's great to see a guy like Diego get this opportunity because if there's, you know, he is the, he's the kind of guy that you would really like to see do well in the sport. And I, and I, 
I know that a lot of people have, have caught, uh, uh, they've gravitated towards him in the last week or so, and I think you're going to see some interesting articles coming out in the next day or two about, um, you know, where Diego has been and, and how far he's come in, in less than two years of living in California now. Oh, that's great. That's an awesome story. You know, you know, that's a great story, bro. Especially, you know, like you said, coming with no money, you know, almost just a couple of suitcases, and to to see him where he's at, that's that's, that's great. Yeah, and and to do it with his wife, and and for her to be, you know, a, a extremely high caliber fighter as well, and they're coaching together, and you know, they've uh, what what I found really interesting was that you know he made a specific point of saying how welcoming uh, his his coach and his gym was. You know, they left behind their own gym in, in Mexico, you know, really could have stayed there and, and tried to make goals of it, but left a reasonably comfortable situation back there to try and make a go for it in, in America. And, and uh, they were welcomed into their gym at, at CSA. And uh, I think that's a testament to the people there that, you know, they're willing to give a, a guy who, you know, had nothing, you know, to, to really, in some ways had nothing to really offer back. It was just, he showed up and, and said, I'm here. Can I, can I work with you guys and can I help? And, and, uh, you know, he made their welcoming pay off because he's become a, a great guy in their gym and their community. And, and, uh, you know, he's, now he's got himself a big opportunity as well and actually gave up an opportunity to be on, uh, the ultimate fighter to pursue his, uh, Muay Thai dreams and, and to get a contract with Lion Fight. Oh, wow. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. And for PJ, um, now, th- I know he won uh, at Lion Fight 24 um, you know, over uh, Danny Millett. Now, did he take off yes. for inj- injury reasons, or did he just want to... No, I think, you know, I think it was just an opportunity for him to, to work on some things and, and, get, and have a, a, you know, a right fight sort of situation pop up for him. Uh, he was originally supposed to fight Brian Del Rosario on this card, but uh, Brian was was injured as well. So you know we've had our fair share of injury bug on this card, and and but we've dealt with it. You know as good organizations do, and and you know we we work with good people like the people at CSA, and that's who got us Diego Thomas, and and give PJ Sweat a credit too for for taking the opportunity to to fight a more experienced guy. But but he did so in mind keeping that hey you know if I can beat a bigger it's a bigger name opportunity and it and it's an opportunity to uh, you know fight on access tv fights and you're kicking off the show uh, that you you just don't give up those opportunities and very smart move on pj sweater to uh, to to fight and and make and try and make a name for himself in this situation Not exactly and take advantage of the opportunity right on national you know on cable t- television you know what i mean so i agree yeah absolutely i mean that's you know, uh, there's a lot of guys uh, that I know or a lot of situations I've had to deal with in years gone by where, you know, guys will wait for the sun and the moon and the stars to align before they'll take an opponent. And, exactly. and that's one thing I've really noticed with the Muay Thai fighters is there's not that humming and hawing about an opponent. Uh, you know, for the most part, it's, you know, where do you want me to fight? Uh, how much am I getting paid? What's the weight going to be? And, and when's my plane ticket coming? You know, that's really what they're what they're mostly concerned about is just the basics, just who, what, where, when, and, and not even why. It's just, uh, you tell me where to be and I'll be ready to fight. And and that's a huge credit to these guys. And it, and it goes to the people like PJ Sweat and Diego Lamas and, and uh, you know, Travis Clay, you know, for taking fights that maybe other opponents would have said no way, you know, but, but they didn't say no way. He said, just tell me when and where. 
Good. No, no, it's great. That's a great attitude to have. Very humble. You know, that's great. Excellent. I want to take a step back. So that looks like a great card. It's action jam packed. And I'll, I'll tell you, you know, you could, I'll let you plug it <laughs> in a little bit. I just have a couple yeah. of general questions. Um, as far as the Muay Thai as a sport, um, you know, of course, uh, you know, MMA, you know, no, you know, you haven't been living on the rocket. It, it's been exploding. Um, it's still exploding uh, over the past, I would say, you know, 10 years, especially. Um, the sport of Muay Thai, like, where do you see it? I know, you know, in MMA, Muay Thai is a big component of it, but where do you see Muay Thai, the, the sport today, 2016? Well, I, I mean, honestly, I mean, it, it is it is a bit of a niche sport. There, there's no mm-hmm. question, even amongst the combat sports. I mean, you have your high-profile MMA, and you have your high-profile, uh, you know, boxing. And uh, But uh, I, I think because of... You know, I think there's a bunch of reasons why I think it's it's gaining in popularity. I think, you know, just as we talked about, there isn't a lot of, you know, excuse my French, but there's not a lot of dicking around with these guys. Yeah. You know, <laughs> who am I going to fight? Where do you want me? You know, there's not a lot of drama with it. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, you know, where do I need to be? Um, and I think what, what the fans have started to really notice about it and appreciate uh, is not only that factor, but the, the fact that these guys, um, you know, it, it really is action combat sports. There aren't a lot of lulls. Uh, you know, good the good officiate, uh, good officials who do these fight cards like Dan Mergliata. Yeah. Um, you know, they they know when to let the fighters be in the clinch, but they don't. But they get in there when it's stalled. You know, there's there's not yeah. these long delays. You know, obviously you don't hear the people in the in the in the crowd yelling stand them up when they're you know exactly. lying on the canvas, you know, <laughs> grappling and things like that. But I think that the fans have really started to appreciate that level of uh, uh, of striking and that level of combat within you know within the sport itself is that it, there is so much nonstop action, um, you know, and, and I think that where you know pretty much every single time out you've got a fight result that people walk away going, holy, you know what? I got to mm-hmm. tell my friends about that one because that was crazy. We talked about what Julio Pena has done. Uh, you know, people talk about what Joe Narawat done, has done in the past. Uh, you know, and, and you just know that when, you, when you're when you done watching this on Friday night, there's going to be that moment or that one fight where you go, damn, I got to tell my friends about, about this one. You know, and, and I think that Access TV and social media and the word of mouth has really spread what has happened with Muay Thai and specifically with Lion Fight in the in the last year or two, um, and and I think that's where it's it's gone to this point, and I think that's where it's going to take it in the future. Is it, it continually is going to get that attention, um, you know, especially from fans talking to other fans. No, I, I agree. Hey, we wouldn't have met if it wasn't for social media. So there you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I mean that, that's where you know a, a, a lot of the the best press now is is coming from. It's you know your shows like yours. It's uh, you yeah. know uh, it's podcasts. It's uh, you know some of the, the the you know better websites that are out there are doing you know really cool things and and you know it, you want. Sure, I would love it if a guy who's never watched this before buys a ticket. That, that's how exactly. it grows, right? Exactly. But you need you need to generate fans amongst the other fans, right? I mean, you, exactly. I need to I need to get the guy who loves UFC, 
uh, or the, the rest of the shows on Access TV Fights to go, you know what, uh, yeah, I've watched some MMA now the last couple weekends. Let me try this. And, and it, it's the people that keep trying it that, that come back to it. I mean, I didn't really know that much about this, about the, the fight, about the actual sport of Muay Thai, or about, mm-hmm. well, let, let's just take it from there. I didn't know much about the sport of Muay Thai until getting into MMA. Then it was, right. you know, the, the, those guys telling me, oh, yeah, I trained in this, and this, it helps me with this. And then, you you know, when I was with a, uh, an a MMA organization called the Maximum Fighting Championships, because we were partners with Access TV as well, so we watched, the, you know, the partner shows, and Lion yeah. Fight joined on, and you start watching Lion Fight and go, that is really good stuff, you know, and, and that's what got me eventually to, uh, you know, make contact with Scott Kenton and start doing some work with him now with Lion Fight. But it's that kind of fan appreciation that I think is growing Lion Fight and growing Muay Thai, and it's, that's the direction it needs to keep going. No, no, no I, I agree, and I'm, and I'm happy for you guys and what you're doing with, with Lion Fight. You wrote up a good point, and I wrote it down. Uh, involving the referees, you see all these screw jobs in boxing, definitely boxing. <laughs> <laughs> you see all these uh, screw jobs in uh, in MMA as well. Like he he lost really, uh, you know he 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 outstruck the other guy. You know what I mean? So I'm happy to hear that at least in the Muay Thai, it's, it's pretty uh, decisive, and I'm pretty and I'm happy. Well, and I will I will tell you an interesting story from uh, a couple of shows ago. A uh, very, very controversial decision uh, went against uh, uh, Gaston Bolanos, who a lot of people will know uh, from Lion Fight, and, and he was Access TV's uh, Bossy Award winner for Rising Star uh, for 2015. And, you know, pretty, I would say, 98.5% of the people who are watching that fight felt he got ripped off on the decision. Very, you know, that that is the split decision went to, to his opponent and that it was a bad call. Well, the governing body of that fight, I believe it was the WBC, actually sent the tape of that fight to 20 other judges. I think the final numbers came back that 17 of them uh, agreed that the decision was wrong and they reversed wow. the decision. Wow. They didn't just even call it a no contest. Exactly. They reversed the decision completely. So, you know, and, and I think it was a real bold move, a unique move for sure. And personally, I don't see why more governing bodies don't do that. Now, I'm not saying a, a promotion should do that. I don't think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lion fight or a UFC or, or somebody like that should be sending tapes out. But I yeah. think, a, uh, you know, a, a WBC, whether it be in Muay Thai or boxing, or maybe a, a commission, a California State Commission, uh you know, a Nevada yeah. State Commission Nevada State could State. utilize something like that, you know, and, and go, you know, we really feel there's, there's, a, there's this, uh, a situation here that needs to be looked at, you know, and, and let's say it happened in Las Vegas, so the Nevada Commission sends the tape to the uh, California Commission. California Commission reviews it, you know, uses some outside sources. Or, you know, there's ways that it could be done for sure, and they could go back and say, look, it's too close to call. You have to stick with the original decision. Okay, no problem. Or come back and say, you know, there's something shady or maybe there's something, you know, some bad officiating here or something. You better make it a no contest or even go as far as, as overruling the entire thing. I, I, I think certainly there's a slippery slope, but at the same time, the NFL, the NHL, they're all using instant replay 
this is really a, a, just a, a step forward from that. I, I think it could be a unique tool that, that other uh, organizations, other governing bodies might have to consider looking into. I love the idea. I, you know, I know 20 judges is a lot, but I, I love the concept of it. Um, and I love something like that because you have all these decisions that, you know, all you want to see is a great fight, and then at least if it goes if it goes a distance, at least let it go to the right opponent. And a lot of times it doesn't happen, and then sometimes it's, it rules a no contest, and it's just unfair for both men. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and I think it could be something, too, that, you know, could be you won't get an immediate result, but – at least say the night of it happened. Let's say, you know, just for the sake of argument, it would happen this Friday on, on Lion Flight, on Lion Flight. The, um, you know, the, the governing body there in Connecticut could say, look, we have some concerns about that decision. We're raising the red flag right now. The decision stands as it is, but we are, you know, immediately going to be, uh, you know, asking for a review of the fight. And it has to be done within the next seven days, 10 days, whatever the case is. I mean, you could give the fans at least an acknowledgement that night that we're aware that something is a little off here. We're going to review it and give us 10 business days, and we're going to have a, an answer for you. I, I don't see where that, uh, you know, it, sure, there's potentially going to be some problems, but I think it could potentially be uh, a real groundbreaker in the sport. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought, and I and I and I hope it's the beginning of something. Like you said, uh, something groundbreaking, groundbreaking, and and hopefully a game changer, as they say. Um, for our new audience, um, you know, or you know, some you know, some of my audience watches MMA, some of them watch wrestling, some of them watch boxing. But take me through a, a typical strategy. I know for MMA, like, let's say if the guy's a better striker, striker than a grappler then obviously I would counter the other way, right? And in boxing, it all depends on whether it's uh, if the guy's a counterfighter or, whether, you know, or depending on if he's aggressive or not. In Muay Thai, what would be a general consensus of, of let's say, a strategy or if, or if any um, in Muay Thai, in, in a Muay Thai bout? For our new audience, for, for you know, for Muay Thai one-on-one, let's say. <laughs> well, you know, uh, I, I think that, uh, you know. Punching, striking? So, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, you know, I, I think that the guys probably, probably look at their own strengths. So certainly when I've been talking to, to fighters, uh, you know, over the past several months, uh, you know, in, in trying to find out a little bit more about them and, and being able to promote them. When you ask them about, you know, their own strengths or, you know, where do you see your advantage over this guy, you know, that kind of thing. It seems to me that the high percentage of answers just comes back to what they, what their own strengths are, what they do best. So if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm well known for my leg kicks, that's going to be what I use in this fight. I mean, don't, don't sleep on my right hand, but you, you know, if, if leg kicks are my thing, you better watch out for it. If I'm Gaston Bellano, so Julio Pena, you better be aware that I have some, some, some uh, really pretty severe talents when it comes. So, um, you know, that seems to be the, the best answer that I get from fighters is that they don't necessarily look too hard at what the other guy does. It's just okay. re- refining and developing what their own strengths are and, and of course, correcting weaknesses themselves. No, it makes sense. No, it makes total sense. They don't necessarily go to YouTube or, or as they say back in the day, watch film <laughs> of the Yeah, and I don't think, at least the impression I, that I get is I don't think you see a lot of guys go, uh, you know, like you said, uh, a counter-puncher versus a puncher or a boxer exactly. versus a, a puncher 
or uh, you know the enemy of uh, yeah this yeah and and in my history I've often found that those fights are not necessarily that good at the same time you can often get fights that are well I'm going to put the best two jujitsu guys in the world against each other and it's an absolute snoozer or two humongous strikers where they're both they both know that the other guy's just teeing up the right hand neither one of them wants to throw it and get caught right so it you know, you can you can say, oh, it's better to do, um, you know, uh, vice vice versa fights, or it's better to do similar versus similar fights. Right. I, I, you know, I've been through so many fights now that I don't think there is an answer to that. There isn't a we need to do this or we should find that. It, it. I think you have to find the best. Uh, you know, whether it be experience versus experience or. You know, this guy's a, a, a natural, young, blossoming star versus maybe a bit of a, a you know, guy who's a, a journeyman or, or a guy who's, you know, he's been through some wars, you know, and, and he's going to give this young guy a test. But, you know, he's 10 and 2. He's not that far out of the, the title picture either. I mean, I think you just have to look at a case-by-case basis. I, I don't think you can just blanket say we have to do this. I, I You've, I've seen those before when you just do a blanket statement kind exactly. of fight, and, and it, it often does not work out very well at all. No, no, I agree. I agree. Um, now, if I'm in the Tri-State area and I want to attend this event, can you tell the audience, uh, you know, where to find tickets and all that? As far yeah, as ab- absolutely. Uh, you can go right to uh, Foxwoods Resort and Casino. The box offices there have tickets. You can also go online to foxwoods.com. Uh, and go right to their ticket page, and, and you can land some uh, tickets uh, there. Um, you can also, uh, we just announced uh, late yesterday and, and continued on today, that uh, tickets for Lion Fight 30 uh, go on sale this Friday. So the same night that Lion Fight 29 is taking place at Foxwoods, uh, that morning tickets for Lion Fight 30 uh, will also go on sale. That show will also be at Foxwoods, and that's coming up on July 8th. Uh, and going to be an extremely good card. You mentioned Sergio Wilson. Uh, he'll yep. be making his first defense on that card. Uh, it'll mark the re- return of Kai Hollenbeck, who is, uh, I think, probably one of the top two or three American standouts in Muay Thai. And you're also going to see the arrival of uh, Antonina Shevchenko, whose uh, sister was just recently signed to the UFC, and I believe she's fighting Holly Holm coming up. So, yep. uh, you know, that's a huge fight, and... and uh, uh, her sister Antonina is going to be making her uh, American debut on, on Lion Fight 30. So, uh, you know, huge week or so there for the Shevchenkos. But, uh, yeah, so Lion Fight 29 this Friday at Foxwoods and Lion Fight uh, 30 tickets go on sale this Friday also for for Foxwoods. So uh, it's a big week. I know, I know. And where could, uh, my, uh, you know, I would say my, fa- yeah, my fans or, or, or fans in general, uh, find out the latest information. Where can they follow you guys on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever it is? Uh, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, definitely definitely uh, Facebook. Yeah, check out Facebook at, for Lion Fight. You can check us out on Twitter at Lion Fight. Uh, you know, we've, we've uh, recently just kind of got our Twitter page retooled, and we're going to be working hard to get that back where it, it should be. And our website's doing terrific. Uh, you know, all of our uh, news is there, lionfight.com. Uh, you can also follow me at, at Scott Max Fight, um, and you know all the details there as well. So you follow Scott Kent, who's our uh, CEO and president uh, at Scott Kent LFP. Uh, so you know we've got lots of places for you to find our information. 
Uh, we're on Instagram. Mike Garcia does our Instagram page. He does an awesome job with that. So uh, check us out on Instagram as well. So uh, we're really trying to get the word out more so uh, this year, uh, you know, starting in 2000, the early part of 2016, uh, you know, really trying to promote Lion Fight bigger and better and get the word out. And then it really helps when, when you know, we're given a, a stage like this one to, to, to let people know uh, about what, what a great show we have and, and the opportunities that, that they can watch us, uh, you know, live at Foxwood. Uh, live on Access TV fights if you can't make it to the show. And, and we're, I, I think we're, we're pretty close that later on this year we're going to be announcing some more uh, fight cards, uh, hopefully back out in, on the western side of things uh, in, in California and maybe Nevada as well. So, uh, you know, I think there's lots, there's lots of news going to be coming up on Lion Fight. So I hope everybody will, uh, will keep checking us out on social media and the website. Great. And then if, for those who can't make it, um, what time does it start? Is it six or seven? I think I, I saw six. I think in Freeland or I don't know, is it seven or? This one will be uh, because it's uh, on the East Coast. It'll be nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock oh, Pacific o'clock. time uh, for for everybody on Access TV fights. Uh, it's channel three forty on Direct TV. Uh, not sure about some of the other cable, but I, I, I get Direct TV, so I'll give them a plug for, <laughs> for that. So exactly. But, uh, right. Yeah, nine, nine Eastern, six Pacific on on Friday night. Uh, Michael Chevallo, Pat Melitich, best in the business, so we'll have it, and uh, it's going to be fantastic. Great, great, man. Thank you. I have one last question, and then we'll go. Um, as far as I, – I, I didn't see it on the website, or maybe I, I, I missed it. Um, as far as for your weight classes, is there, like, a specific um, rankings, or is it just very subjective depending – like, when you sit down as a matchmaker or as a matchmaker, is there – the specific ranking system or, or where, how do you, well, I, I would say our matchmakers have a, a sort of a built in ranking system, uh, you know, on paper in their head, you know, that sort of thing. But, um, yeah. you know, Muay Thai is still, you know, it, it's not, it has never really developed. And I know that what, that's one thing that, you know, I, I would love for, you know, to have the time to do it or, or for somebody to do it is create a database. Like you do see for MMA, you know, there's, Right. various ones. I know, you know, lots of people use SureDog and, you know, MixedMartialArts.com and, and uh, uh, you know, Capology and things like that. So it, right. it, there isn't something like that for, for Muay Thai. Um, but I think that, you know, our matchmakers are, are so good at what they do that, um, you know, they, they and they have the, the resources, or, or I guess maybe sources is a better way to put it, to be able to call their contacts in California or England or Thailand or wherever and go, okay, who have you got at this weight class? Oh, this guy was, a, you know, number one ranked in the world and a former, you know, Thai national champion or, you know, European champion, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I mean, just having those kind of credentials, um, I think sometimes outweighs a little bit more than, you know, number eight in the world. You know, that, that, that number can be a little bit more, um, you know, skewed, I think, than say an actual title or recognition. So, I think that that's something that our, our matchmakers, I, I feel, utilize very well is that they go after people that have established themselves with an accomplishment on paper as opposed to a subjective number. Right. No, no, makes sense. Makes sense. All right, Scott, man, you know, I, I got about an hour. I got a couple of minutes, so about an hour we had. So we almost spoke for an hour. It's pretty good. <laughs> well, that's awesome. I appreciate the time. No, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. I, I wish I could make it Friday, but you know, hopefully the next one. I really appreciate it though. But but thanks for um, you know, thanks for coming on. Thanks for you know promoting the the Lion Fight card on Choke Radio. I really appreciate it. 
anytime guys and uh you know we'll certainly love to have you out for the for the next one and and uh you know hopefully down the road here too like i said we announced in uh, the next show july 8th uh, at foxwoods and we'd love to get some fighters on your show as well i'm sure they'd have some fun t- talking to you so uh, i'm sure we'll be in contact again real soon absolutely man absolutely scott thank you so much man good luck on on friday and uh i'll definitely be watching i'll look for access tv <laughs> thanks guys have all a right. great night you too all right man thank you all right, all right ladies and gentlemen thank you all right, man. All right, that was Scott Zerry, ladies and gentlemen, from Lion Fight. What a, you know, great guy, and we had a great card as well. Um, you know, it is Memorial Weekend, and I, uh, I'll be away with the family, but it's okay. Uh, definitely I'll be catching it on my Xfinity to go <laughs> on my iPad, and I'll be catching the fights there as well, ladies and gentlemen. So now, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you know, we have the – Butai uh, card on on Friday live from Foxwoods as we mentioned very interesting as far as the, the refereeing because we spoke about that before in other episodes of Choked Out Radio whether it's the live version or the tape version on um you know on through iTunes and Paddlematic as far as yeah the, the refereeing has been questionable at best in boxing especially and also mixed martial artists in mixed martial arts excuse me. Because you have a lot of these, a lot of these uh, judges who judge boxing and also judge MMA, and t- trust me, it's a different ball game. It's a totally different ball game. Judging a boxing fight and judging an MMA fight, it's two totally different things. Because in MMA, you have to take into account uh, the muay thai, the wrestling, the grappling, the striking, the defense, the advantage. And, and trust me, I don't, I don't think a lot of these guys have trained. I, at least what, you know, what the, the example that Scott gave was great as far as being able to send out the tape or, or send out the YouTube link of, of the fight and, and being able to overturn that. I mean, yeah, it's a little, um, you could call it LD, you know, you could say it's a little bit crazy, but at the same time, at, at least by doing that, at least you give the, the decision uh, to the fair, you know, it's a fair decision and and obviously you judge a fair winner you know you don't you don't cheat the other guy um interesting also what he was talking about as far as strategy when it comes to you know fighting the other guy not not, it's not necessarily about watching a youtube clip or watching the film necessarily about uh what are what are the guys weaknesses necessarily it's just focusing on your strengths in in a new time it's about the, the clinching the striking and being able to counter um, the shots and obviously you know taking advantage of certain situations just like in jujitsu you know you take advantage of certain situations if the guy gives you turtle you do what you got to do if the guy gives you his back you do what you got to do and, and and tap him out via rear naked choke if he gives you size and you got to do what you got to do as far as key locks or, or or set up the arm bar from the side or if it's from the mound you got to do what you got to do you know if it's the guard, if you're if he's in your guard, then you have to focus on whether it's you could hit um, a triangle or whether or an armbar or amoplata. It all depends on what he gives you. And I guess Muay Thai is the same thing, but at the same time, you got to be able to take and also receive shots. <laughs> so, so that's that's not interesting when he was what, what he mentioned also about the rankings. There's not an official ranking system as far as. Um, who you know? We I guess you know subjectively who is the best pound for pound uh, Muay Thai guy, but necessarily it is not a, a an official 
ranking system. Hey, that's something that maybe I should create. <laughs> so um, I've been on almost for an hour. Uh, just to give you a recap, I had Scott there from uh, from Nine Fight, and we kind of broke down the card. At least the, the most of the yeah, we broke down the card. Um, we broke down the main event, how it changed one again and again. And finally, we have the final opponent. We spoke about the co-main event with Topic. Interesting matchup with Clay and Julio Pena, who both men are undefeated. And then we spoke about some of the other cards as well. Uh, a lot of welterweight, a lot of welterweight, a lot of light, uh, featherweight, welterweight, and, and lightweight fights. Interesting uh, night. Ladies and gentlemen, watch it. It's on Access TV. I believe it's at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. Uh, should be interesting night of fights, ladies and gentlemen. Check it out. Check it out. I'm going to sign out. It's about it's about 9:57. So you have a few more minutes. I have about two more, or two or three more minutes before I sign out. So you know, we spoke about the main card, and then we spoke about Muay Thai in general. I did wanted to ask them as far as uh, schools and whatever, but uh, it, it's okay. We could talk about that another time, and I'm pretty sure there'll be another time that he could come on and we could talk about, you know, get in depth as far as. Hey, you know, is there a, you know, what are some of the great schools in the East? What are some of the great schools in the South? What are some of the great schools out West? You know, so, you know, what are some of the notable fighters that you've seen over the years? You know, so very interesting, very interesting sport. And like you said, it's a niche, niche, uh, depending on who you t- speak to, tomato, tomato, of, of how you say it. But I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to have him. I was happy to have him on our show. Happy to have him, you know, break down line fight. He's very energetic and also, you know, knew all the fighters that you had to at this point and knew the background of all this stuff. So um, I had to reserve for two hours. I, I don't think I'm going to do two hours, but I have for almost an hour. So I'm, I'm very happy, uh, commercial-free, commercial-free, and um, I was very happy to have him on the show. Um, so, yeah, last but not least, it is on Axis uh, TV this Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 o'clock on the West Coast. If you're in the area, Foxwoods Resort Casino, tickets available now. Tickets available right now. I went with a plan B. Of course, my plan A was my Skype, and I said, hey, if it doesn't work, call me, and and it worked. So, hey, it was pretty good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Please, if you haven't done so, download my episodes of Choked Out Radio on iTunes this week. The you know the wrestling one was done prior uh, to the WWE draft being announced. The MMA one was done today. I could talk about wrestling for another hour, but I, I'm I'm just not to. I just I don't want to mix the two things right now. I could probably do wrestling at some point this weekend or or next week or you know it's it's on my website. Uh, for more information on the draft, I'll actually write an original article from the Jersey Shore, and you could get my two cents on it, and we'll talk more about it next week. I'll probably have a live show next week or the week after, actually, um, because the draft is not till July 11th, talking wrestling. All right. It's been a pleasure. Everyone, take care.
Peace out.